Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for September 25th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore everything sports betting. Fantasy football takes, helping you guys make a lineup. Weekly rankings, which will be updated today after the news of the injuries and Justin Fields starting and whatnot at ETOF21Sports underscore fantasy and for free horse racing at ETOF21Sports underscore horse underscore racing. How is everyone doing today? Wow. It is the last weekend in September. Sad day. You know, Arlington Park basically is gone. And to this day, I really think that they just fucked up, man. You know, like, that place is so big. Casino. I mean, if you just run it like Gulfstream Park, it will succeed there. There should be sports betting there. There's no sports betting. But, hey, at the end of the day, I'll be the first to say the one thing I've learned out of living in Illinois is how corrupt of the state this is. And you have the Illinois Racing Board... The corrupt politicians, it's just a clusterfuck. So sad day. I wish I could go today, but unfortunately, I'm not able to go today to the last day. But did have some fond, fond, fond memories of Arlington Park, and you will be missed, my friend. I want to give a thank you to my boy Gino, having me on each and every week on the That's What G Said podcast. We go through the games, kind of say where our head's at in terms of betting, and then we circle back every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern, Gino, myself, a couple more guys from the Better Than Vegas family are going to be on and talk NFL. We'll go game by game, give bets that we've locked in, and just kind of go from there. So lots of stuff going on. Loaded loaded day of sports. I mean, we got MLB. We've got EPL going on right now. NASCAR tomorrow. We'll have a NASCAR preview later on in the show. NFL and college football. We just want to dive right into it and let's go. We had a great week in NFL last week. Thursday night game was kind of interesting, but before I get to the Thursday night game, I want to talk about betting and betting numbers and everything. So don't get me wrong. I appreciate the hustle that I see from these people. I've learned a lot. I feel that there's some people that work for companies that are very knowledgeable they provide good stuff but then i feel there's people that have kind of been handed their positions that really don't know anything and last week was a prime example of that you have multiple people who are just handing out awful numbers and telling people to bet them and click on my link to bet them on fanduel guys the number one rule is this you bet the number and i'm sorry but if you laid a number of three and a half on the road you're a bad better in my eyes You just are. And that's an awful number. That number should never be bet. Even if you win the bet, I'll I'll say it. And that's what people don't get. You can bet a bad number, win the bet, and you can be like, oh, hey, I won the bet. Look at me. You lost it. I I don't care. That's a bet in my eyes. That is bad. And long-term results are better than just, hey, a short-term sample. Now, the person I'm referring to, they went 0-3 in their minus 3.5 bets. And they were prompting it by saying, hey, click on my link and bet it at the sports book, which they will get a cut of. 
So we just have to understand that, A, there's these people, quote unquote, influencers that are trying to get you guys to tie in, use their link so they get credit for you placing a bet at a sports book. And then they don't know what they're doing. The fact that someone would say to take a number that bland is just astronomical to me. And then they portray themselves as a professional sports booker, excuse me, sports better. They're not. And I can tell you straight up, they're not. I can listen to someone talk, listen to the numbers they play, and then I can tell you guys straight up, A, if they know what they're doing, and B, if they actually bet the games. That's number one. Now let's jump into this Thursday night game. This Thursday night game, A, I, I had the Texans plus eight and a half. I'll take that bet all day. If you are going to lay over a touchdown with Sam fucking Darnold as your quarterback that you are backing in the most ultimate letdown position, you know, in my eyes, hey, I would never take that bet. I would bet the Texans 10 out of 10 times. I lost, so what? I move on. But I would still take that bet all the time. Why? Because this is the ultimate sell high point on the, the Panther team that I don't think is that good. Their offensive line is awful, and their defense, Davis Mills, when they let him throw the ball, was was shredding it up. Now, in terms of I've got a lot of flack because I believe in the handcuffing, people ask me, well, Eric, why didn't you handcuff Christian McCaffrey? I had a top pick in a couple leagues. I took McCaffrey. I don't believe in the Panthers' running system. I just don't. I know Mike Davis put up some good numbers, and people are like, "Why? well, Mike Davis did. Well, Mike Davis is a... NFL backed. Hubbard is an injury waiting to happen. Now, granted, they did just sign Royce Freeman. Maybe I will be invested in the Royce Freeman show just because I do think he is a good receiving back and the numbers are PPR. But I really don't believe in this running system of the Panthers. Now let's get to Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, why did DJ Moore have a good game? Because Sam Darnold falls back, he locks on to one receiver, one receiver only, doesn't go through his progressions, and throws it to that one receiver. That's why DJ Moore had a good game. That's why Robbie Anderson, for it, isn't getting looks. Robbie Anderson is the second read. And Sam Darnold isn't a good enough quarterback where he can sit back and he can look and process the field. Sam Darnold still sucks. I'm sorry, Panther fans. I will give you credit. You guys are 3-0. You're beating who you should be in front of you. But who have you really beat? You beat Zach Wilson. You beat a Saints team coming off the ultimate sell point who was missing their best pass rusher, their best DB, and eight coaches. And then you just beat the Texans who basically have a bunch of guys who are hanging on to their NFL career and on top of that, starting Davis Mills. So let's kind of pump the brakes. Yeah, you guys make make the playoffs good for you, but... I bet you guys' team win total under, and I'll do that every time because you have holes in the offensive line, Sam Darnold can't process a football field, and I don't believe in your defense, and it's just that simple. So, but hey, props to them, you know, they're 3-0, and I'll definitely be betting against them next week in terms of whoever they play, I don't even know who they, who they play, let me take a quick look. They play the Cowboys, perfect world. Eagles go in, beat the Cowboys. Cowboys are laying under three or getting points at home against this Panthers team who, quite frankly, is not that good. That would be a perfect situation for me. Great week last week in the NFL, plus 
9.07U, can't really complain. Again, I was on the Texans, not the way I wanted to start off the week. We dropped down the season ROI to 13.3428U ROI, which is phenomenal. Got some filthy plays for tomorrow, boys. You're going to have to turn in to better than Vegas to catch them if you're not a member of my betting team. If you are a member of my betting team, we definitely got ahead of the numbers in one game. One game is with three points. We got the best number by three points, boys. So it's all about the early bird gets the worm. Um, a couple of quick NFL notes. I'm getting a lot of flack because one person that I was quite high on was Mike Davis of the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Davis is on pace for over 300 touches and 80 receptions. So I don't really understand how people can sit here and say, Eric, you were wrong with your take on Mike Davis. He's still getting the touches. He's going to finish as a top 10 running back. It's just a fluky week by Cordell Patterson. And Cordell Patterson is what he is. Um, Dominic from SWB Fantasy is going to be on later. And he talks about it because someone sent in a start. Sick question. He's on the same page. So we got to, again, we got to sit back. We got to understand stuff. Uh, Ravens dealing with some COVID-19 issues, especially on the defensive line. Patriots, Saints, Saints are going to get Lattimore back. Still haven't heard about Davenport. Plus, they're going to only be without four coaches. Bengals, TJ Watt, really don't know what's going to be going on there. If he's going to play, if not, he's going to play. If he does play, oh my God, Joe Burrow's got to watch out. Burrow already nine sacks. Colts, Titans. It was kind of like a funny thing happened with the Titans game. Titans OC, the new OC figured out. I have this man beast back here in Derrick Henry. I got to give this motherfucker the ball and just let this dude run. Um, So that was kind of interesting. Like they kind of reverted back to the old school of stuff. Football team and Bills. uh, Jesus, Josh Allen, you have to throw over 200 yards. NFL is all about adjustments. And Brian DeBall, like I said, and I think the better than Vegas live stream, I didn't understand why he didn't get a job. Now I understand why he didn't get a job. He didn't involve, he's basically running the same stuff, so I was really been disappointed. Chargers are a fucking nightmare for his biggest step. They took forward, they took a step backwards. I don't understand how you cannot punt the ball against the Dallas Cowboys, go one of four in the red zone. It's just mind-boggling. They didn't punt against the Cowboys, only put up 14 points and fucking lost. And Mike McCarthy got bailed out by Greg Zerline. They almost ran out of time there, and Zerline didn't have time to attempt that kick. Uh, Bears starting fields, really looking forward to that. Browns, they treat Chubb like a luxury, and I kind of feel like they're just kind of, hey, let's just get to the playoffs, everyone healthy, and they're just kind of dicking around. You have a chance to step some on someone's throat. You got to step on someone's throat. 49ers, backfield's a mess. That's kind of a quick glance around the NFL. I'll be doing this every single week. But hey, we have a great show for you today, so let's jump right into it. So now we're going to jump into our week three fantasy football talk, and I'm going to welcome my opponent in the King of Lions League, Dominic from SWB Fantasy to the show. Dominic, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, man. Always enjoy coming on and hearing people give their thoughts about fantasy and how they perceive the information um how do you feel about this fantasy football season so far well so far i've uh 
I'm feeling some of those struggles because, as you saw in our King of uh, King of Lions league, I am a zero RB truther. So, you know, I'm just waiting, and I'd hate to say that what I saw happen last night to you, especially in our matchup in particular, uh, those are the things I wait for. Uh, and I just wait for my wide receivers and Travis Kelsey and most of my leagues to start kind of carrying me through the season. But actually, my uh, King of Lions league's one of my only uh, undefeated teams after two weeks. So I guess I'm getting lucky in that sense. And then I have way too many uh, Ronald Jones shares that I'd like to talk about. Now, for those of the you that don't know, I have Christian McCaffrey going against Dominic this week in our King is a Lions League. And that means I've lost my first round draft pick, CMC, and my second round draft pick, J.K. Dobbins. So I'm, I'm struggling in that league. Um, after two weeks, which is one player you don't have any shares in that you wish you did? Um, I'm going to say, as a wide receiver guy, it's going to be Cooper Cup. But I don't feel too bad yet because I've, we've seen Cooper Cup do this uh, a couple years ago where he was getting all the touchdowns, you know, the first, like, six weeks. He was wide receiver one or two, and then he just faded. Um, so I guess I'd say Cooper Cup at this moment, maybe in terms of running backs, maybe I shouldn't have faded uh, DeAndre Swift as bad as I did because I think, you know, being a zero, zero RB kind of guy I think I could have gotten more value out of him in the third or fourth rounds yeah I completely agree with you about Swift man god damn it as a Lions fan I'm just amazed by how much they're just checking down to him like every single time and on that fourth down play was wide open and Goff missed him but you know my team sucks it is what it is um (laughs) now tell us about what SWB fantasy is so SWB Fantasy, that is, uh, you know, my home league fantasy fantasy league that we run. Um, and when it first started, we had our commissioner. He was doing like a league note right up every week, you know, making jokes, ripping on players, talking about the matchups. And that became a lot of work for him. Um, so he started kind of like sharing it. He's like, all right, guys, can you guys – do a league note so for a couple years we all we were all taking turns writing our league note uh producing it and then finally a couple years ago i was like i was like dude does it always have to be like a typed out note wouldn't it be cooler if i just did like a 20-minute podcast or something like you know i could do my write-up and then we could have it like you know i could just publish it somewhere we listen to it on itunes or something and commissioner's like go ahead so he wanted it on it so i was like all right well why don't you come and be my guest and it kind of took off from there where now I do the, I do our lead, our lead podcast show, uh, almost every week. And we do them through the off season recap, like the drafts and, uh, a little bit of best ball in the summer. I really got into the best ball. So, you know, SWB fantasy itself is our league and that's the, you know, the, just the show. And I guess there are some people, some bigger names in, some of the podcast shows where that's actually where they got started just podcasting about what they know and making it entertaining for at least you know their friends and then our friends wives or girlfriends and 
you know, close buddies who want to be in the league, they'll listen to it. And, you know, it kind of kind of snowballed into something everybody looks forward to every week. That sounds cool. That sounds really cool. I'm not going to lie. I kind of wish I was in a league like that. Um, we're here. We're going to do as we do every week. We're going to talk about quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end. We're going to give our top five at each position, one sleeper and one that we are looking to avoid. And then we're going to jump into the start sit questions that everyone has sent in. So the first, we're going to talk about the quarterback position. Dominic, what are your top five quarterbacks for this week? I mean, without getting too chalky, you know, I'm going to take Kyler Murray and Lamar. Uh, uh, I'm not fading Brady, where I've seen some people have ready to fade Brady because they're still afraid of the, the Rams defense. Uh, I'm excited to see Hurts against Dallas because I don't think Dallas has played mostly stationary quarterbacks where I think Hurts is going to be their first mobile quarterback they're going to play this year. So you could, uh, a good test for for Dallas's defense. And then Josh Allen, I think, still got a lot of upside, especially with the goal line, uh, goal line carries that he takes away from his running back so those would be my first five right now for this week's matchups okay my my five are uh murray wilson lamar holmes and then brady um in terms of someone that you feel is a sleeper this week that's kind of getting overlooked and it's always hard in the quarterback position so who uh who who's the sleeper you're looking at um, Fantasy-wise, I don't expect this guy to win the game, but you know I've seen enough from him for the last two weeks where I think he's definitely pluggable, and it's not Daniel Jones. I'm going to go with uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, he can definitely come in and get those garbage time um, numbers as a Lions fan. I really hope because, I hey, I bet the Lions plus eight and a half, so I really hope he does have a game. Um, I went with Stafford just because I really think everyone kind of is jocking this Bucks defense and it has shown it's been susceptible to the past the first couple of weeks into the season now who is the guy you're kind of staying away and obviously like the stay away like is someone like for a DFS you know what I mean because obviously if you have a top 16 quarterback or a top 12 depending on your league size you're gonna play him if he's ranked ranked, excuse me rated that high um, you know, what I wrote down at first, you know, I've got Winston, um, but also as a as a Browns fan, I think Baker Mayfield needs to be avoided still. This isn't a matchup that you would want to plug him in for. Now, I know this is a fantasy talk we're having, and one of my friends, Gino, who's in the league with us, him and I go back and forth about this Baker Mayfield stuff. I just, as a Cleveland Browns fan... Just tell me what you think of Baker Mayfield. I like him. I think he's a good quarterback. But as a fantasy football player, I will never have Baker Mayfield. Will he have a four-touchdown game probably this year? Maybe one or two, but I won't be playing him um, unless it's against like the Bengals because that seems to be like his one game he goes off every year. It just balls out. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But as, as a – as a quarterback of my team, I love him. I, you know, some people are like uh, compare him a little Brett Farvish, uh, except he's not asked to do that much. Uh, he's a, he seems like he's a good guy on the on the sidelines and in the huddle. Um, 
you know, I think I think he is like the gamer type of quarterback where when the game's on the line, he wants to make that play. It's just I don't know if he's always going to be able to. Okay. All right. Um, my. I'm not a big Baker guy. I don't know why I'm just not a big Baker guy. Gino and I always go back when I go on his podcast about Baker Mayfield. Um, the bust for me is Josh Allen. I mean, I know you're high in him, but I just haven't seen it from him this year. Everyone's just rushing three or four, dropping everybody back, and it seems like Allen's really having a hard time processing the information. But I totally get your point about the rushing, the rushing touchdowns, and him basically being the goal line back. So I can definitely see him balling out, but that's who I'm looking to avoid in uh, DFS going into it. Um, running back position, who are your uh, top five? Again, not to get not to get too uh, chalky. Of course, I've got I've got Cook up there if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also I like the matchup Eckler has against KC. Uh, the Chargers always seem to play their best games against the Chiefs the last couple of years, whether or not it's Herbert or when it was Phil Rivers. Uh, you know, and Eckler is going to get that work. He started getting goal line carries after, you know, two years of no goal line carries, and the targets are going to be there. And if this becomes a shootout, I think it's going to be great for everybody there with the Chargers, unlike uh, what happened last week with Dallas. That game was kind of a dud compared to what it was – drawn up to be um i'm going back to swift i think swift's gonna have a game against baltimore baltimore hasn't really showed much uh presence of a defensive stopping team yet so i'll keep swift just because he's versatile uh dave montgomery against cleveland is one i would definitely roll out there um don't think Cleveland, again, as a Cleveland fan, I can see us getting gashed by Montgomery or, or even uh, Justin Fields in that game. But uh, I definitely think Montgomery's got got a good chance at being at least in the top 10 this week. Uh, and then Najee Harris, I think I'm going to keep him. That's a, you know, those conference rivalry games can get out of control sometimes, and I wouldn't want to not have Harris where I can probably see him having two touchdowns, especially with uh, Deontay Johnson being just about ruled out, I think, for this year or this week. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals, I think, are kind of a little overhyped on defense. I think they were able to take advantage of some of the issues the Vikings had on the defensive line, and everyone looks at the Cook stat line, so I totally agree with you. With Nijay Harris, um, I actually have Eckler, two, excuse me, number one on my board. I think he's in line for a huge week. You pointed out everything. Cook, if he's healthy, um, obviously, I don't did he, I don't know if he practiced today or not. Let, me, let me ask you this. Let, let's play the what-if game. Now, what if Cook is a no-go? Do you, does, that, does that make Madison a top 15, top 10 in your eyes, top 5 in your eyes? Where would you put Madison if he if he was RB one this week and Cook wasn't playing? Uh, I mean, I'd put him in my lineup for sure. Probably flex him. I don't think I would. Uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as top fifteen because we haven't seen it. And I think I think he filled in for three games for Cook last year, and they still gave a bunch of carries to who was it Boone? Yep. 
Boone was, you know, still rotating. I, and I understand a lot of times when you go to your number two, you're going to, you're going to rotate more with your two and three when they're the only ones available. But um, I get it. I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't expect Madison to do anything. I wouldn't expect to say like a Tony Pollard to do, but okay. Now, I would hope he would produce uh, at a higher level than say Kenyon Drake stepping in for Josh Jacobs. Okay. All right. Um, for me, like I said, Eckler 2, Eckler 1, excuse me, Cook 2, um, I had CM, CMC 3, who shit the... <laughs> God damn it, dude. It's like every year, man. Um, I love your boy Chubb um, down in Cleveland. I think Aaron Jones is in a good week. I think Taylor could have a huge week too, regardless of Wentz plays or doesn't. Let me ask you yeah. this about Nick Chubb, because you are a Cleveland guy. It kind of seems to me like they use Chubb like a delicacy. You know what I mean? They don't – I want to see this guy get more carries. You know what I mean? I really think he's not being utilized enough by um, Stefanski. How do you feel about the whole Nick Chubb carries ratio and usage with um, him and Hunt? Um, it, it is extremely annoying because I think at one point I was watching that game last – last week against Houston and we're sitting there and it's the beginning of the second quarter and I pulled up the box score and I'm looking at the stat line. It's like Nick Chubb had three carries in the first quarter. And I'm like, Nick Chubb should have 16 carries by halftime. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, you know, Baker Mayfield, again, I'm, I don't hate the guy. I like him as my quarterback, but in a one score game where we kind of got saved by that muff punt, we should be just running the ball, and Baker Mayfield shouldn't have, you know, 18, 18 19 attempts at halftime where I look over at Nick Chubb and I'm like, that's great. You gave Nick Chubb the ball like six times, and he's got almost 60 yards. So why don't we keep doing that? Um, so it is it is extremely annoying. And as much as I actually like having the, you know, the luxury of also having Kareem Hunt, I'm not going to be sad when we uh, well, hopefully trade him away for something this year. Like, I'm waiting for one of these running back teams to just come, like, begging for him. Yeah, like, I I love Nick Chubb. I think he's, in terms of just pure running back, not talking fantasy or anything, I think he's one of the top in the league, top backs in the league, and it just blows my mind how Skafanski doesn't give him more touches. And it just seems like it's all the – it seems like it's been all the coach, coaches. It was – uh, it was Freddie Kitchens. It was uh, the guy that went two and thirty-three. Can't remember his name. Hugh Jackman. Yep. Uh, you know they do the same thing, and they come out in the press conference, and they're like, "Hey, look like the running game was really struggling." And they'll sit there, look you right in the face, and go, "That's on me. I got. I really should get the running game going quicker than that." And then the next week they'll come out and. You'll be, you know, halfway through the second quarter, and I'll look at his stat line, and Nick Chubb will have six carries. I'm like, this it's, isn't getting the running game started, yeah, at just, all. It's just mind-boggling to me. You get you, it is. you got, you got a freak athlete back there, and you're just not giving him more touches. Um, now, in terms of someone that's a sleeper, who could you see some someone that is being overlooked that could have a bust-out game this week? Uh, I'm excited for Javante Williams. Uh, I 
got a lot of shares in Javante, and I'm thinking this is this is a week where he may be able to take that step, or maybe at least get in the end zone. So I'm uh, I'm liking Javante. I like James Robinson. For the life of me, I can't figure out what the hell Urban Meyer is doing. Um, I don't know if he's just giving Hyde more touches that first week and having him run more routes, but there was an uptick. Robinson was fourth in targets last week. He did lead him in carries. Hyde had no routes, no targets, excuse me. So I, I, I think Urban's starting to realize that Robinson is the guy and he needs to give him more touches. Um, in terms of someone you're looking to stay away, who, who are you looking to stay away from this week? Um, it was going to be Josh Jacobs, um, but that's just that's my uh, season-long take on Josh Jacobs is to avoid Josh Jacobs. Uh, but I guess if I had to go with other guys that were playing, I'd go the opposite of Javante Williams, and I'd probably stay away from Gordon or uh, even uh, Harris with the uh, New England. Okay. I am um I totally agree with you with Josh Jacobs. I really think I do you remember who was the guy from the Buccaneers when Gruden was the coach there? Cadillac Williams, the guy that was from Auburn. Yeah. I kind of feel Jacobs is on that guy's career path. You know, one like two good seasons, shit ton of touches, and then just got hurt and just fell off because Gruden run ran him to the ground. And that's kind of how I feel with Josh Jacobs. How was career trajectory is going um i'm saying i think he's just staying afloat too he's he's you know for for a guy who has almost like 300 carries a year he is very touchdown dependent when it comes to actual productivity fantasy wise Mm -hmm. i totally agree with you 100 um i'm staying i'm staying away from camara i just feel belichick's that's going to be the guy belichick's going to take away and he's going to make Make Winston make some throws. Um, now we're to the wide receiver position, and you being Mister Zero running back, man, this is where you should thrive. Who are your Who are your top wide receivers this week? Well, I guess if I can, uh, I'm going to cheat on a couple of a couple of them. You know, I'm going to go with the DK or Lockett stack, and the same thing with uh, Cup and Woods. So, you know, I will rank them as one and two so if you have any of those four guys i'm playing them and in dfs i'm trying to stack something of the sort uh even if you just do like a double stack metcalf lock at wilson and then just you know punt almost the rest of your lineup with some of these sleeper running backs so you're saying um, where i mean the the big question is where do you have my boy uh, Quint from the Lions, Quintet Cephas. I mean, that guy is a stud, dude. I love that kid. I <laughs> like him. I I thought he was really impressive. I uh, I actually inherited or I took over an orphan league on a dynasty team, and when I was making my cuts to go into it, I saw the guy and I was like, you know, I'll keep him. I mean, well, what else they got? You know, so I cut uh I cut Josh Reynolds instead. And I was like, I'll keep whoever this Quintez guy is because there's a path where he could play and he's showing that he's I mean, making the most of it. He's their wide receiver one right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's I mean, outside of Hawkinson and yeah. Swift, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I I, love that kid. I know he's had some off-the-field issues and I don't know. I, I really think they found 
I, I think that's the one good pick Dan Quinn had during his tenure as a GM there. Um, so you had D. I have D. Hop, Metcalf, Adams, Jefferson, and then I think Tyreek Hill is going to ball out uh, this week since he's coming off a bad one. Um, in terms of sleeper, like who is somebody that's kind of under the radar you think could have a nice little game? Uh, just. To go back real quick, I know I, I gave you four names, but oh, I, was my bad. Sorry. As, I was using those uh, those pairings as like pick number one, pick number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also throw in Allen Robinson again. I, I don't know why, but I, I will fade the Browns' defense. Um, I think it's been overhyped, and I think especially when you get those rookie quarterbacks in, they're always going to be looking for one guy because they only know their first read. So I think Fields will be looking for Robinson if he's not looking. You know, if it's not a David Montgomery show, Fields is going to be taking one look. It's Robinson or run, and it's especially with the especially with the pass rush that Cleveland has. I'll say that's the only thing. I, that's the only part I've been impressed with is the Cleveland pass rush. But as far as the rushing defense, I think that's still susceptible. Uh, and then I'll throw in Jefferson. Like I said, if we were going to stack a Seattle. Seattle Minnesota game. Uh, I'm playing Jefferson and Godwin just because uh, Antonio Brown's out, and I think Godwin's going to see even more, you know, hyper targeted uh, passing volume from Tom Brady. So, if I'm reading between the lines here, your biggest fear is me putting in Justin Fields at the quarterback position because I have Justin Fields and Allen Robinson. Is that what you're saying I mean, for, for for our head-to-head matchup? That's what you're kind of. I, I mean, if you're gonna roll the dice at this point, now that you've lost Christian McCaffrey, and you're projected to lose, by, I would, I'm projected by to lose by a ton too. You know what I mean? <laughs> 50, you're, you're projected to maybe break fifty points at this point. And like but if, Carson, Carson Wentz is still projected for zero, and so is Deontay Johnson, and those guys are. Deontay Johnson's out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to... I have no idea. I, I definitely are going to have to make a little alterations to my lineup because so it's like... you Jesus. do what you need to do. I mean, I don't know. Does it... Do, is it I'm not going to lie. Like, how many leagues are you... How many leagues are you in, my man? I'm in seven or eight. Yeah, I'm up there too, and I... I don't know if this is the league I got. I got my boy Quintez in. If if this is it, Quintez could be rolling it out this week. Um, you do not have Quintez, but you do have Alexander Madison. So there's still hope you have. A- there's still hope. There's still hope. So I'm gonna have to pull a rabbit out of my hat definitely this week because you are by far the betting favorite in this one. Um, in terms of sleepers, who's someone that's kind of under the radar that's not getting looked at? Um, I think he is starting to get looked at, but he's still when I when I went and checked the consensus rankings over on like uh, Fantasy Pros, you know Kenny Galladay's still being ranked outside the top twenty four, so I figured that counts as a sleeper where wide receivers can kind of be any any wide receiver out, outside the top twenty four could make the top twelve, uh, but I guess if you're t- looking at matchup, you're looking at Atlanta versus the Giants. Uh, I think this could be the game Kenny G gets uh, gets going. 
That's funny because my sleeper is Sterling Shepard. I think this guy constantly puts up numbers and he's constantly kind of, you know, overlooked for like how much production he does have. Um, who's the I guy? He, kind of, he got showcased though. You know, they had a primetime game last week. And That's I think good. people were like, oh, Sterling Shepard was targeted like 12 times, caught like nine of those passes. Uh, so I just, you know, at least for for me, I think people are going to see that stat line and still think that Kenny Galladay wasn't being productive. But that's a good um, I point. I think he was right that's up a, there, though, in targets. That's that's a real good point. That's a real good point. Maybe, I don't know. I always have a soft spot if people win me money and I had him in my captain's. No, did I have him? No, I had him going in the uh, showdown slate and he helped me win win some money against that in that Washington game. Um, yeah. My bust, I don't know. Like, I just feel that the Bucks are going to take away Cooper Cup, and I really think that that's going to be the guy they're going to focus on to take away from Stafford. So the production that he's had, I think, is going to go down dramatically, and people, since he has been so productive, are really going to be counting on him. Um, in terms of tight ends, I mean, there's obviously the big three, big four, if you count uh my boy hawk from detroit uh tight end position where's your head at um just to go back to wide receiver i don't think i said my uh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry my fault my my bust no you're good i just i just want to warn people to avoid cooper uh amari cooper and again much like dash jacobs not just this week but season long as i usually do um I got burned by Amari Cooper one year, never drafted him again, and honestly, I've never regretted it. He he gives you like two weeks out of the season, and other than that, I've never felt comfortable putting him in my lineup. I won't play him in DFS. I just I'm always avoiding Amari Cooper. Yeah, even this week against uh, Philadelphia, and he's got that busted rib right now, so it's avoiding. Yeah, I totally. Totally agree with you there, my man. He had that. God, do you remember that team with the Raiders when it was him and Crabtree? Yeah. God, that was a good team, man. That was a good team. Um, that was that was the year I had him, and I think I traded him the week after he had like his two touchdown and two hundred and thirty yard game on like a Sunday night. I think I traded him that very next week, and I was like, just have him, and. I ended up winning that trade. I forget who, I don't even remember who I got, but I just remember I got rid of him and he was terrible the rest of the year, so I didn't care. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that team was, I mean, and he, yeah, I totally agree with you with Cooper. Like, that that guy just gives me a headache, man. Um, in terms of tight end position, what what are we working with? Yeah, like you said, you know, you've got your Kelsey Waller, Hawkinson, Gronk, Kittle. Um, I'm fine with those guys. I, uh, I found myself with a lot of uh, Tyler Higby, so you know I'm. I like I like at least the uh, peripheral stat lines where he's playing constantly. He doesn't come off the field, and I think you know, like you said, if the if the Bucks are going to try to stop Cups, I think that that may open up a little bit of the underneath stuff for Higby, where they can find a mismatch for him. 
I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I have Higby on mine, too. I really think this is going to be a Higby, Higby week. Um, where do you feel about Noah Fant? Noah Fant, I... I love Novak coming in. Um, didn't matter who his quarterback was. I forget, you know, those first two years. And I was huge on him. I was, I was plugging him in a whole bunch of times in DFS. And I remember the first time I played him, he, he didn't do anything. And then he caught one pass. And he took it 75 yards for a touchdown. So he, like, saved my whole my whole slate. Um, but since then, you know, I haven't seen any huge breakout. He's become more consistent. Um but, you know, I just, I'd like to see him mentioned more up there in the top, like, you know, six or seven tight ends where he can, you find him on the outside of the top 15 too often. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think, um, how can I say this? I, as a coach, I hate using the word potential, but I, I just feel he's not living up to his potential, what he could be. Um, so I totally agree with you that. So, I mean, who who do you have as your, as your ranked as your top tight ends? Kelsey one, Waller two. Um, who do you have as your third one this week? Uh, I like the Hawkinson matchup. Yeah, I love uh, him. I love him. Four, four. I actually have Noah Fant. Who do you have for four? Uh, Gronk. Okay. You know, I guess until proven otherwise, I think Gronk needs to be mentioned as a top five tight end this year. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been getting a lot of love, man. Like a lot of yeah. love. Um, and then who who's your five? Uh, that's kind of where I put the Kittle or Higby. Uh, you can either play Kittle because you drafted him and you have to, um, or if you're looking for an outside chance at the top five, Higby should be there. Okay, I have um, I have Mark Andrews as five. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, he's just kind of that guy who's always there, always getting the targets. But I will say this, how I've been presently surprised with Hollywood Brown. Um, I, yeah, so that's the only reason why I didn't go, you know, cause like I said, I got real chalky here in the tight end because it's, it's always, it's always pretty chalky. obvious. Yeah. It's always, and I, you know, it made it easier though to not put Mark Andrews in it because, you know, I'm seeing, Hollywood Brown getting double digit targets and Sammy Watkins seems to be finding his way into, you know, seven, eight catches a game. So I think, you know, I think Lamar is making a uh, conscious decision to spread the ball out at least mm-hmm. to some of his wide receivers, which is, you know, helping opening up the offense without, without any running backs. Keeping it- people honest, I guess, because if you're going to, if you're going to crowd the line, they've got, you know, like you said, Hollywood Brown can burn somebody if he needs to. Yeah, I'm really interested to see, like, confidence-wise, what type of quarterback we see from Lamar this week. You know, he finally got the the monkey off the bat of not being able to beat the Chiefs, not being able to beat Mahomes. Like, what are we going to see now? You know what I mean? Because once you, that happens, like, you have just an air of confidence around you, and I'm really interested in that. Um I mean, I guess I kind of gave my sleeper as in Higby. Who, who's your sleeper? Do you, Higby too, or? Uh, I guess, like I said, Higby would be right there in my top five with Kittle. Uh, my sleeper is going to be, and I'll finally give the Browns a shout out. Uh, you know, I think David Njoku or uh, Austin Hooper 
again, it's hard to pick one of those guys, but I wouldn't be fully sold on Odell coming in there and getting, you know, his 12 targets that he thinks he's accustomed to. Um, but Njoku is probably our most capable pass catcher on that team right now. Uh, sad to say that without without Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield doesn't seem to be in sync or rhythm with Donovan Peoples-Jones or Rashard Higgins or Austin Schwartz. Uh, I think he's, you know, plus Baker's got a very high tendency to look for his tight ends, especially in short yardage and goal line mm-hmm. situations. Yeah. So I think there's, you know, and again, Njoku's probably our best athlete, except every time he catches the ball, he usually gets hurt the next yeah. day. Yeah. Um, I'm going to avoid Kittle this week. I just really feel that with Garoppolo, they're just going to run the ball a lot, and they have such a good matchup in the running game against the Packers. I think they're just going to mm-hmm. pound pound the rock on the ground and just not really need to use Kittle that much. And he's really been a disappointment this year when you, like, kind of look at it, you know, for where people were drafting. Spent, yeah. Um, now, people send in starting sets. Thank you for everyone that set them in. How it is, I'm just going to read Dominic the question. I will say if they're half-point PPR or PPR. The first one is very interesting to me. It's Justin Fields, Matt Stafford. I know I talked up a lot of the uh, Chicago players here. And that's just my uh, pessimism of being a Browns fan. Uh, but I'm still going to start Matt Stafford over Justin Fields. Okay. Um, now, one that was sent in today, which I have to say I love because it is, I don't know, like, it made me think it is a half-point PPR Cordell Patterson, Tony Pollard. Um, you know, that was when you sent that one. I was like, "That's kind of hard," because I'm like, "That one right, is." If I was only gonna get, if I'm only gonna get, you know, let's say forty, fifty percent of the carries or targets for a running back, would I rather be splitting on Dallas's offense or Atlanta's offense? But then I had to look at the defense, and I'm like, "Well, do I want to play the Giants or do I want to play?" the Eagles um, but I think when it came down to it I'm going to go with Tony Pollard because you know he's just got more of the upside where Cordell Patterson's been in the league for eight years or something like that like he's had his chance to wow us he just hasn't done it yeah I think people are just kind of drafting Pollard, Patterson like this love we've been seeing for him on social media is a little insane this week um Half point PPR, uh, your boy the Drake or uh, Latavius Murray? Um, I'm going Drake. I think they have a little bit better matchup. They think they're facing Miami. Correct. Yeah, they were kind of. They gave up huge plays to Buffalo's running backs, and they're not that great. Uh, they were getting gashed uh, by Singletary and Moss. Uh, so I think, plus with the PPR, I think, you know, Drake at least has, uh, he's got more volume. I know Josh Jacobs 
he should get the passes. Uh, so yeah, Drake. Um, full point PPR: Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Um, I think I answered this with my, you know, my sleeper running back. I'm going to start Javante. Um, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Sony Michelle, PPR. You may be tempted to bench Clyde after last week, but I think you still start him. Um, even if even if uh, Henderson doesn't play, okay. I just don't think uh, I don't think Sony's going to get enough work. Um, especially because he's playing that Bucks defense, and that's one thing they do is uh, they can stop the run. I agree with you hundred um, percent. Another full point PPR: your boy Kareem Hunt and Naheem Hines. Uh, this one, I went with Hunt. You know, we're still going to be down wide receivers. Uh, that Felton kid that we got this year might actually, you know, switch kind of roles with Kareem, and maybe Kareem starts, Kareem gets uh, lined up out wide, maybe out of like a slot on some place, and it might look like we have three running backs on the field at one time, uh, and he could see looks there. Um, half point PPR, Corey Davis, T Higgins. Now let's assume, like, I know Higgins is banged up. Let's assume Higgins is 100% healthy and playing. Uh, well, I did have Higgins if that was 100%, but, uh, I think the report came in that Higgins was downgraded to doubtful. Oh, okay. So the only caveat that I wouldn't play Corey Davis, um, would be, if uh, Crowder was back, okay, okay, because uh, Crowder might be uh, activated this so this you, week. So you go with Corey Davis then, right? I'm or, going Corey Davis uh, has real time information right now. Uh, yes. Um, Tim Patrick, Jacoby Myers, full point PPR. Uh, I went with Jacoby. Just because he is technically his team won, his team's won. Uh, I feel like Mac Jones has a little bit of rapport with him, and Tim Patrick, his numbers kind of are uh, touchdown dependent so far. Okay. And the last one, full point PPR, Jalen Rieger or Marquez Callaway. Uh, I went with Rieger. but now it's kind of like an easier one. He, uh, he's gotten, I think, six or seven targets a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, I think they have the softer matchup against Dallas than the uh, Saints will against New England. Callaway's been such a disappointment, man. You know what I mean? He was yeah. in so, so much hype with Winston and the deep ball. Agree with you 100%, my friend. Dominic. I would like to thank you, you know, for taking time on your Friday night away from your family, coming on, talking fantasy football, helping everyone out. Why don't you give everyone your plugs where they can find you on social media? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow our SWB account, which is just, you know, us talking about our uh, our own fantasy football league, and that's at SWB Fantasy Football. Uh, my personal account is the real get at me, uh, and you can also find me on Twitter at the real get at me awesome dude those are my plugs awesome guys make sure you give them a follow 
Um, according to ESPN, Dominic is a 45-point favorite in our matchup. So he uh, basically on Mercer, and he's Alabama this week. So, uh, you know. And, and this is my least favorite team that I drafted. So, I mean, you know, I'll, I'm up against it. Best of luck, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks for having me on. So now we're going to talk about NASCAR and who else to talk about NASCAR. Like he's been here each and every week. Off the post, Boston Sports' very own Brandon. Brandon, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, stuff's starting to get a little cold here up in Chicago. Actually turned my heater on for the first time this year, which is a little depressing. But other than that, no complaints, my friend. It's, uh, it's cooling off in North Carolina, but it's uh, it's definitely heating up on the track. And uh, being a Chase Elliott fan, uh, wasn't happy with the results of last week. Now, the big story was the altercation between Chase and Harvick. Why don't you tell everybody, A, what you think of that? So, I don't blame Harvick for how angry he was. I kind of don't blame Chase for what he did, but... Your tire gets rubbed down. you got to go change your tires. Your race is over. Then you literally get in front of the leader and almost block him for four laps to allow your teammate to get around him and win the race. I don't mind somebody rubbing the door or giving him a little bump to show that he's angry. But even being a Chase fan, I don't think you step in front of somebody for four laps and take a win away from him. Um, so the altercation after, I don't blame Harvick for getting out and being ready to go. Uh, I thought it was a little bit of a pansy move to not take his helmet off when Chase's helmet was off. But uh, no punches were thrown. Um, a good friend of mine, the inside person I've told you guys I've had, you can see her standing next to them in the videos the whole time. And she told me it was just a little bit of back and forth, just, just guys angry with each other. But uh, I'll be very, very interested to see what happens when we get closer to another elimination race, um, how these guys race each other. Harvick's going to want payback on Chase at some point. Chase is probably going to want to step up and do something to Harvick. So when it happens, how it happens, and the playoff implications it will have are going to be astronomical. Now, you've mentioned the playoffs. This week we're at Las Vegas. I'm not going to lie. This betting card was a little hard for me to kind of come up with people I liked. Uh the first guy you mentioned him. I actually locked in Harvick at twelve to one. Um, one win here at Las Vegas. Five top fives at the this same intermediate track. Average finish of eight and eight wins. He looked pretty good. Looked better as he's done all season. I think they're finally starting to figure it out. Twelve to one. I locked him in for one unit. How do you feel about Harvick? I like it. We'll. Uh... We'll see if that momentum carries over, and I feel this will be a telltale sign that if you ride Harvick's bet and slip the rest of the year or not, because you come off to your point. He finally had a very successful race. He should have actually won the race. It's the first time we've seen that out of him basically all year. So coming into Vegas, another track that he's, he's decent at, it, it'll be interesting to see if he rides that momentum or if it just shuts back down. And if it does shut back down, he will not be on my bet and slip the rest of the year. Now, your boy Chase is currently at 8-1 on DraftKings. How do you feel about Chase? I'm torn going into this week. I mean, he's just he's had bad, I don't want to call it luck. We'll just call it performances. I mean, Bristol looked good for him. He, he was towards the front, started leading, had to go all the way to the back, came all the way back to the front, started to fade towards the end of the race, and then the tire rub. So... 
as a fan, it's hard, but just as a as a standard better, if you want to put money on them, by all means, that is a driver that you'll consistently have an opportunity to win a race. But um, I don't like the ROI eight to one right now. I'm going to see if it moves at all. I always throw money on Chase. That's not the right betting move by any means. But as a fan, I always throw money on him just to have something extra to root for. But uh, he's not making my what I would recommend betting slip. Now, one guy I think is a little sneaky is Brad Kozlowski. Um, yes. Average finish of 4.86 here. One win, six top fives. This track type, average finish of 10.5, five, five wins. I locked him in at 17 to 1. And then I read this thing this morning. Eight, was it? Um, eight top fives in the last 12 races here at Las Vegas. I mean, I think it's 17 to 1. That's yes. a great price for a old, yes. old BK. Absolutely. I will be riding BK's coattail this weekend. I, I like him a lot. Now, um, now someone else I, I like is his running mate, Joey Logano. Two wins here. Four wins at this type of track. He's seventeen to one. Also, that guy's the third guy in my betting card. How do you feel about Logano? I like him, um, and this is the time of year that he usually shines in, in the playoffs, and it's a track that he, he's good at. So I, I like him as well. Um, one guy that's just kind of standing out there to me. I know that I tell you guys I usually grab somebody that's a little further down each week. I like Kurt Busch. It is his home track with his brother, so I think Kyle is going to run well. As uh, Kyle will run well. His ROI is not good, but uh, I like Kurt Busch sitting at thirty to one. What? How do you feel about Kyle at DraftKings? He's at six to one. I think Kyle. If there's going to be a race that he's going to win in this round of the playoffs, it's going to be Las Vegas. Um, he's very good at it, but just like we've done all year, and you know how we are with this. I don't like. I don't like the five or six to one. That's why I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of Elliot at. Um, at uh, eight to one. Now Larson's at plus three thirty. There's no way in hell no, I'm laying that. Yeah, no way at hell no. I'm laying it. No, I mean, guys, we we said it a hundred times. You want to put money on him? Great, but go ahead and unload eighty, ninety, a hundred bucks to really get an ROI, and don't bet anybody else. That that's that's what I can't do with NASCAR, and I've never been able to do. Now, if you've been doing that with Larson this year. And he's won what five, six, seven different times. Then yeah, you probably bankrolled really well. But if you hit our guys at sixty to one and forty to one and stuff like that, your ROI is actually going to be higher by getting these every other week wins rather than riding, uh, riding and risking as much as you are with Larson. You hit on the head. It's not about winning every week. Because if you do that, laying Larson at short price at the end of the season, your ROI is not going to be that high. We're over 20 units ROI, and there's some weeks where we don't win one at all, and some weeks where we hit a grand slam. And that, to us, that's what's all about, and that's what we're trying to help you guys do. Um, one of the guys I've seen getting a lot of traction on the Twitterverse in terms of backing is William Byron. He's currently trading at 12 to 1. How do you feel about Big Willie? Uh, he's such a hit or miss driver, and I like him. I definitely think he's he's got an opportunity. He's got the car. We've seen that all year, and we've talked about it. If you are behind the wheel of a Hendricks car, you've got an opportunity to win a race. But uh, I, I don't know about tomorrow. 
Um, he, he's not standing out to me. I think he can definitely perform and have a good race, but he's not making my bet in the slope. Now, you've been a huge Ross Chastain proponent. He yes, is sir. currently at plus 6,000. How do you feel about Ross this week? I love it. He's plus 8,000 on Bovada. So I will absolutely be dropping a little bit on him just to see what happens. We talked about it before. He, he's he got another ride for next year. He has, he has nothing to risk. He's not in the playoffs. So he's just out there turning laps and, He's got nothing to lose, so he's going for a win to try and get one or two more wins out of uh, out of that car before he moves on to another team. Now, let's move on to head-to-head matchups. Uh, I'll read the head-to-head like we always do. You just tell me who you like. Chase, Harvick. Harvick. Busher, Amarello. Amarello. Reddick, Dillon. Reddick. Briscoe Cluster. Briscoe. Bubba Michael McDowell. Mike, uh, guys, for the first time ever this season, I would take Bubba in that head-to-head. Blaney Brad. Uh, Brad. Danny Truex. Toss-up guys, Truex. Bowman Bell. Bowman. Legano Byron. Legano. Suarez LaJoy. I'm going to go LaJoy, and the only reason you hit that is if Suarez has motor problems. Larson, Kyle Busch. Larson. Now, this was an interesting one. Justin Haley, BJ Malloyd. Justin Haley. Mike, Michael D. No, sorry. Matty D. Ross Chastain. Ross. Uh, Joan Stenhouse. Stenhouse. Now let's go to Group A winner: Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, or Kevin Harvick. Harvick. Group B: Martin Truex, Joey Logano, William Byron, Brad. Truex or Brad? Brad. Brad. Group Brad. C: Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Christopher Bell, or Kurt Busch. Kurt. Group D: Maddie D, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, or Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. Group E, Almirillo, Briscoe, Busher, Daniel Suarez. I'll go Almirillo there. Now, Group F, Bubba, Eric Jones, Ryan Newman, or Cole Cluster? I'm going to go on a limb with Cluster on that one. He stands out for whatever reason. I mean, he's plus 300. I'll take. I'll just yeah. take the longest price in that group. Him and Newman are... Both plus 300, so I totally agree with you. Let's kind of review the bets. Um, oh, actually, before I ask you this, one bet that's kind of looking at me, which I'm really I'm tempted to take it, but I wanted to get your input before I locked it in because I love those top 20 bets. Corey LaJoy at plus 300, top 20. <sighs> that's hard, but he's, he's done it multiple times this year, so... I, I would do it. Yeah, I think I'm going to lock I that in. It. Yeah. So my, I know I sounded hesitant, but I would do it. My betting card is LaJoy, top 20, plus 300. Logano to win, 17 to 1. Harvick to win, 12 to 1. Brad to win, 17 to 1. Brandon, what are you looking at for your betting card? I got Brad, Harvick, Kurt, 
in Ross Chastain. Awesome. Brando, thanks for coming on. And, uh, Lino, race is Sunday night. Let's cash some winners, boys. And until next week, my friend. Go get it, guys. Enjoy. I would like to thank our guests, Dominic, for coming on, talking a little fantasy football. I'd also like to thank Brandon for coming on, talking betting NASCAR. That's it for the show today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Big weekend of sports, UFC tonight, NFL tomorrow, college football today, loaded day of horse racing. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. Until next week, my friends.